Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And it's a celebratory Territorial Cup victory podcast. That it is. That it is. Three in a row. The, the Territorial Cup stays in Tempe for its third straight year, which is very nice. ASU takes down the Wildcats 24-14. Trailed 7-6 to six at halftime. Uh, but... Eno Benjamin, story of the game, 34 carries, 168 yards, two touchdowns, cracked 1,000 yards for the season, uh, won the game MVP award for the second year in a row. Yep, yep, yep. Well, you uh, you finished up last week's conversation, uh, you know, going over that you were thankful for Eno Benjamin, and that was a good call on your part because he was awesome in that second half especially. Um, made, you know, just, just tough running. Uh, every carry it seemed like he got – you know, two or three extra yards from what it looked like he was going to get. You know, I mean, at the end there, when it was like, you know, he get hit and he he drag him for four yards, and uh, yeah, it was really impressive. Great, great way to go out. If it's the last time he plays at Sun Devil Stadium, and maybe the last time he plays for ASU at all, uh, it's a pretty darn good way to go out. You've alluded to it just now. It's been on Doug Haller's uh, post game story and and all over social yeah. media. Eno Benjamin may go the full Nikhil Harry route, skip yeah. the bowl game. I, I think it's the he general consensus that he will skip next season. Yes, so. yes. I mean, and, and, he prob- and if he's going to, then he should not play in the bowl game. I mean, and, and, you know, you and I have discussed this many, many times about other players and other programs and, and our own program with Nikhil Harry last year. Um, Benjamin's probably not going to be a first-round pick, you know, like Harry was. Because uh, running back's just such a tough position, but you know he he's got a chance to do this professionally, and you know probably be a, a maybe a day two pick, um, maybe not, but you know many good running backs make it even going on you know day three of the draft, um, and yeah, I mean if I'm him, I'm not you know he's taken so many so many hits the last two years, taking a ton of carries, um, I'm not signing up for you know twenty five thirty more carries for free. No chance, uh, you know. If he's if he's decided to go, then he should go. And and you know, thanks for the memories. Two incredible years that he played here. I mean, he played here three, but the last two years he was the full time guy. And uh, you know, I held no ill will if he makes that decision. No, uh, I always come back to the John Calipari line: if he does what's best for his family, right. he should go. If he does what's best for my family, he should stay. Fair, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it would be great if he decided to stay. But I can't imagine that's going to be the case. Um, you know, running backs only have so many carries in their body. And he, as I said, you know, he's he's uh, been a full-time workhorse running back for two years now. Um, you said it. What, what were the numbers last week? You, you know, he had, I can't even remember what the number of carries he had. 300-something last year? Yeah. Am I? Yes, and, and, you know, close to 250 now this year. Maybe over 250 with what he had last night. Yeah, it's so, 253 now this year. Okay. Exact, Plus all the catches. And exactly you know. 300 last year. He had 42 catches this season. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's that's a lot. You know, it's a lot of physical wear and tear on your body. And, um, you know, I, I if I'm advising him, you know, I, I would definitely say go, you know, because – Another year, I you know I think we've gotten to the point with running backs now where another year in college does not help you. You know your stock doesn't go up. 
um, unless you've been, a, you know, a non-contributor for three years and then you come back and all of a sudden, wow, this guy's really good. Uh, you know, there's enough on film for the NFL to know what he is, what he isn't, and he should he should go. You know, and I, I like I said, I don't blame him at all if he does. Yeah. But a great way to finish. Two great games against Arizona. Certainly this one, you know, was his second half. Um, I mean, I think we threw two passes in the second half yeah. uh, that, that counted. There were a couple other pass plays called where, you know, it was a penalty or... Or Daniels or, uh, ran. Right, a scramble, you know, but still it was a heavy, heavy, heavy dose of running the ball in the second half, and and he was obviously the main guy. Daniels had a few, and, and uh, A.J. Carter had a couple carries, but uh, he was the guy, and, and, you know, it really did have the feel in that second half. I texted you late in the fourth quarter when we had the ball and said, you know, I, I want you know to get every carry on every snap because I didn't want anybody else. In, you know, Daniels was Daniels had a fine game, um, but I wanted that ball in his hands. I trusted him to make the the right plays, and he did just that. Uh, Daniels, twelve of nineteen for one hundred and four yards, no touchdowns, no turnovers. He also twelve carries for sixty-two yards, including a twenty-five-yard yeah. scramble at one point. Yeah, yeah, a nice, a nice game. You know, I mean. Certainly it was a different offensive game than what we had last week. Um, you know, last week was, you know, big passing numbers, three big plays in the passing game to score touchdowns. Um, you know, ran it well in the second half, but it was it was passing the ball that worked. This week, not so much. Now, those numbers are, they're not misleading, but they're a little unfair to him. I mean, he threw what should have been a touchdown pass to Frank Darby. Twice. Flat out dropped it. And then another one that certainly could have been caught in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, the first one was just, you know, you couldn't have more of a drop if you tried. And Darby uh, was interfered was, with uh, on was, both of them. He was, yeah, you know, but the first one he should have had. Absolutely should have had. Second one was, a, you know, would have been a difficult catch to make, but he could have made it. Um, and, yeah, you're right, there was a flag on both. So, it's one of those where, you know, it's like, okay, the, the numbers could have been better for Daniels. You know, if those two are touchdowns instead of no plays, he's, you know, what, 14 of 19 for almost 200 yards. Well, maybe not almost 200, but certainly over 150 and two scores. And you think, wow, that's a really great game statistically, or at least a pretty solid game. He was good enough, you know. Um, I mean, the, the game plan in the second half was very clear that we were going to run the ball and trust, you know, our running game to do it. It felt a little bit like last year, but we could do that. Um, and this is the first time all year we've really been able to do that, uh, you know, drive after drive at least. Yeah. It was an impressive defensive effort. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. They, they, yeah. They made the plays they needed to make. They didn't yeah. drop, you know, Jack Jones had the two easiest interceptions he'll right. ever have. He, he right. the first one was a pass that was thrown right to him because the receiver right. stopped running the receiver and the sec- wasn't paying attention. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. the second, yeah, the receiver was blocking. And right. on the second right. one, it was a Tremendous deep ball. Yeah, yeah, a deep ball yeah. that only Jones kept running for. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, and then Merlin Robertson had an interception on one that was, you know, essentially thrown right to him as well. Uh, and almost a his- second later. <laughs> He did, yeah, yeah. He batted down a pass there, you know, down deep, and then they missed a field goal after that. So that was a, you know, a, saved us seven points there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, it was a mixed bag defensively. You know, we gave up, I thought, too many QB runs. Um, you know, third and fifteen in the first quarter, we we gave up a twenty nine yard run. Um, you know, there there were some things that frustrated me, but I guess that's the you know that's life. I mean, you're not you're not going to play a perfect game. 
Um, overall, you know, held them to 14 points, forced three turnovers. You know, pretty solid finish to the year defensively. Um, that fourth quarter against Oregon, certainly there was some hemorrhaging, but we played well enough at the beginning to, to make it hold up. And then this game, pretty solid. So, you know, it was a it was a roller coaster ride defensively this year. Started out really well, went through some lulls midseason, but finished on a pretty strong note. Yeah, uh, Christian Zendejas drilled all three of his field goals. Each of them were thirty three yards or in. Yeah, um, yeah. But he was good with those this year. I mean, you know, you know, if those are automatic, lanes, if forty yeah. if forty and in is automatic. That's a good step in college. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, you know, what were his, are you looking at the numbers? What, what were his final field goal numbers? I want to say he missed only maybe three or four all year. Yeah, well, he was, let me pull this up real quick. <sighs> Yesterday he was three for three. He also hit the one extra point because we did have a two-point conversion. Right, right. On, he missed one extra point. On the year, season, know, at least one. he was 19 of 23. He was perfect yeah. inside of 30. He okay. missed. He was fifteen of sixteen inside of forty. He was four of six between forty and forty nine, and he missed his one fifty yarder. Yeah, I mean that's a pretty solid year for a guy who wasn't supposed to be the kicker. Um, I mean, if Brandon Reese had that year before, you know, before the season when when we thought he was going to be our kicker, you'd have signed up for that. I mean, you you might have expected more fifty plus yarders, um, but. You know, nineteen to twenty-three, pretty good. And and what were his extra points? Just mi- one miss. Yep, twenty-nine one to miss thirty. USC. Okay, yeah, I knew the one against USC. Um, but you know, yeah, pretty good year for a guy who wasn't supposed to be in that role. And you know, all the way basically up until you know right before the first game of the year, wasn't supposed to be in that role. And ended up being in it all year. And you know, presumably is the guy next year. I guess we'll see if there's a. You know, a freshman or a transfer or something like that. Um, but that, they put know, him on scholarship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you would think he's the odds-on favorite to be the guy next year. And again, why not? I mean, you know, uh, pretty good year. Uh, and and yeah, I mean, you're right. If you can if you can get me where the ball's inside the 25, and I feel like okay, we've got points in our pocket here. That's not bad. I mean, you'd love to have a kicker who can make it from 50 plus. We've had some. You know, with with Weber, with Gonzalez, with with Reese to an extent, um, but you know, just a reliable close range kicker is not the worst thing in the world. Well, and the other thing with with this is, if you know this, you can game plan for it. Sure. You know, sure. we knew that he wasn't going to try. Herm wasn't going to try that fifty plus yarder. Right. So we went for it on fourth down. We, you can yeah, get more aggressive yeah. on third down. You, you know. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know going in that, hey, if it's, you know, third and six from the 32, you know, maybe you got two downs to get it. So maybe you run the ball there and see if you can get it to fourth and three and go for it um, because you're probably not trying a 49-yard or a 50-yarder, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I look, the kid was pretty good and, uh, you know, was not a weakness when it certainly could have been this year. Uh, you know, again, kind of go back to the beginning of the year, and you know, we will, we will probably do more of this kind of retrospective looking back and what do we think of the year. But you know, if you told me on, you know, August twentieth that Brandon Reese wouldn't play in a game for us this year, I'd have been nervous about the state of our kicking game. And you know, kid came up pretty big in his place. Hmm. Now. After the game, the immediate news was that uh, 
Arizona's athletic director announced that Kevin Sumlin would be returning to yep. the Wildcats next year. So, Works for me. Yeah, so Herm's got a chance to go 3-0. Works for me, yeah. I mean, I, I, let me tell you, I feel like that. I mean, I'm not an Arizona fan, as you know. I don't need to say that to you. But, boy, I just don't understand. You play this QB rotation for, what, the last five or six weeks with a senior and a freshman. And then in your last game of the year, when you don't have a bowl game to play for, you have nothing to play for, you know, a tangible. You play the senior the entire game. That just makes no sense to me. I mean, if you believe that this Grant Gunnell kid is your future quarterback, and by playing him a good chunk of the last few games you'd think they do, I, I, why would he not have played that entire game? Uh, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. If that was ASU, I'd be scratching my head. It is a throwback to a bygone era of college where you play the senior over the freshman on senior day. But he didn't do it during but senior day. he didn't day. do it on senior day, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he didn't even start him. Um, he did play him some against Utah. You know, they, they went back and forth. And, you know, I, I realized that Gunnell was not, you know, light the world on fire. He, you know, they you know he had played a good chunk of the last two games and they had scored 13 total points. But that's, you know, to me, it's just like, I mean, again, put, put us in that position. Let's say last year we, had, we were four and seven going into the last game and Manny Wilkins was our starter. And you know, we didn't have a, you know, a natural line of succession. But we, we did have Sterling Cole last year. I mean, if we had gone into that game last year at four and seven, I would have wanted to see Sterling Cole. Because, like, you know, and he hadn't even played that much throughout the year. But it still would have been like, well, you know, let's see what he's got, man. We got a, we got a one-game audition to see what this kid can be before all the freshmen come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, hey, uh, more power to Arizona keeping Kevin Sumlin. I, you know, I, I'm – as someone who doesn't like Arizona, I'm not that upset at the news that he's going to be back for year three. Uh, Tate will not be back. He finishes his career 0-3 in Territorial Cup games. That is correct, yes, yes. And what was his – now it's tough to do starts because I know some of these games, especially these last few, he didn't necessarily start. But what was their overall record the last three years that he was the main quarterback? I mean, I, Tate's under 500, right? Well, they were four and eight. This they were five year. and seven last year. Four and eight this year. I want to say his first year they were seven and five. Yeah, that's... they got to a bowl. I mean, they did get to a bowl the last year with uh, what's his name, Rodriguez. Uh, well, so let me I'm pull looking. up their schedule here. They lost the bowl okay. and ended seven and six. So they were seven okay. and six in twenty seventeen. So one game over five hundred. Last year they were two games under, and this year. Four games, Four games under. under. So five games under for his career. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, basically in the, in the you know, now I realize the beginning of 2017 he wasn't a full-time guy. And, again, you know, you can make the stats look how you want. But, yeah, I mean, for a guy who was as hyped as he was two years ago to, in his last two years, go 9-15, and 15, that's not all that great. No. That's just going to say it that way. Um. So let's talk a little bit about the post-game next-day news for ASU. Yeah, um, surprised me a little. It, it was announced that Rob Likens will not return as the offensive coordinator. Donnie Yantis will not return as the tight ends coach. Uh, they have promoted Kevin Mawai to the tight ends for the bowl game. 
Yeah, yeah. all temporarily at yeah. least, yeah. Dave Christensen, the line coach, and Sean Aguano, the running backs coach, will be the co-offensive coordinators for the bowl game. And Derek Hagan will be the receivers coach for the bowl yeah. game. Yeah, you do wonder if this is a little bit of a potential, not necessarily audition, because you know, but like, I mean, I, you know, Derek Hagan and Mawai obviously have been part of the staff the last two years. Wouldn't be a total shock to see them promoted up to full time assistants. Yeah. Now I will say the name you suggested as a potential replacement is is actually getting some traction. Is it? And, is it? And that's Hugh Jackson for the yeah. offensive coordinator job. So here's I haven't read it anywhere legitimately. I just, you know, pulled it out of thin air to be honest with you, but uh, is it So this is and, and I know that this is not a source that we usually go to, but Chris Cartman <laughs> from Sun Devil Source yeah. Yeah. Uh, notes these things about Hugh Jackson. He was previously a coach under Marvin Lewis. He was. He's previously worked with Herm Edwards uh you know, bringing Edwards into his teams. He was a head coach and an offensive coordinator in the NFL and college. And in the nineties, he was a coach for Bruce Snyder. And, he was. Yeah. And yeah, he has he a home. He has a home in the greater Phoenix area still. Yeah. 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 I mean, and it obviously, you know, fits the profile of NFL background, which, you know, a lot of our coaching hires, you know, Herb and, and therefore guys he's brought in have had that. You know, whether it be player, coach, both. Um, you know, look, I, I realize that anybody who hires Hugh Jackson to do anything, you're going to get Snickers because he went, you know, one in 31 in two years as the head coach of the Browns and then got fired midway through year three. And, you know, I, I get it. Snickers um, like you got when you hired. I was going to say, we got plenty of those two years ago. So I'm not really that concerned about that. And, you know, bottom line is the guy – has been a pretty good offensive coach. You know, he, he coached at USC, um, you know, with, with Coach Carson Palmer a little bit there, you know, had success with, with USC early in there, I think before the Pete Carroll years, but he was part of that staff. Um, you know, had, you know, the, the best years of the Bengals under Lewis, you know, and I, again, I realized, you know, oh, well, the best years of the Bengals. Well, making the playoffs, you know, four or five years in a row is nothing to sneeze at, especially if you're the Bengals. Um, he was the offensive coordinator on that team. So, you know, would I want him to be the head coach? No, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, an offensive coordinator given, um, you know, a, a prized material here in this young quarterback. Um, I mean, that's that's got to be the objective. You don't you don't make this hire for Jaden Daniels, but you want to put Jaden Daniels in good, you know, good hands here and. Maybe those are the hands that he should be in. I don't know. You know, it's it's uh, it's not one that would bother me. Let's say that. Uh, you know, being given his track record as just an offensive coach, sure, take my chances with that if that happens. Mm-hmm. It'll be it, it'll be interesting. One name that I would think about as a as a potential person to join the staff, similar to Burko joining this year, is Taylor Kelly's the quarterback coach at Matter Day. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't mind seeing that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, that that's obviously got some interest too. He, I think he did. Didn't he? Wasn't he like a spring intern or something like that? You know, mm-hmm. before he went to Modern Day a couple years back. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it was surprising to me um, because you know you look at this year, you wouldn't necessarily say that offense was a was a 
lead problem. I mean, it was a problem here and there. It was certainly beginning of the year. It was rough, um, but it did get better as the year went along overall. But uh, you know what? I mean, I, I given some time to think about it, I, I read what Herm said today, which is basically, you know, for us to get where we want to be, we, you know, we've got to we've got to make a change for us, you know, philosophically. And we can't be a team that scores in the 20s. We've got to be a team that scores in the 30s to win. You know, I, I love the aggressiveness, basically. I love that he's not content going 7-5. and five Because, as we've said repeatedly, we were told that wasn't enough. And he's backing that up with this move. Yeah. This is year two, 7-5, both years. He's got the quarterback in place. He's got the he linebacker does. in place. He's got the safeties. He, he's going to be returning a couple key defensive linemen. Looks like some work to do on the O line. Uh, yeah, rebuild. yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, to me, this is this is a move of a coach saying, you know, first off, seven and five isn't enough. Secondly, I know that you know, going into year three, I I, I lose probably as we started this conversation my feature running back. And I got to have an offense that I can depend on. And, you know, if he doesn't believe that this is it, then okay. You know, I mean, I, I, I see there's a lot of, you know, Twitter celebrating from ASU fans. I don't quite understand that. I mean, I don't think that Rob Likens was, you know, a horrible coach. We've had worse, you know, yeah. offensive coaches. Um, but, you know, I don't also think that we just, you know, fired the next, uh, you know, boy wonder offensive genius, you know, Sean McVay or Lincoln Riley or somebody like that. So if you you have a, if you have a concern and why you need a good offensive coordinator, assuming Eno Benjamin leaves, everyone who caught a pass last night is gone. Ayuk, Benjamin, Williams, and Hudson are all seniors or going to the draft. True. So you're going to need, Something and and Darby's a good start and, and you sure. know there was a drop by one of the freshman receivers and and you know they've looked good most yeah. of the time they're you know two yeah. freshmen but I think you're going to need to build around Daniels' skill set yes and, and we absolutely. saw what he can do he he and he can run the ball he protects himself he's not trying to leap over guys. Uh, but he will find space, pick up the first down where there's a first down to pick up. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and I, I completely agree with you that I mean this is a this is a move of uh, you know we've got this really good young quarterback who can hopefully be great over the next two years, and you know let's get the right guy now that you know the flip side of that is you say well boy what was one of the things we heard about you know why Todd Graham was let go. Why Manny, you know, why Manny Wilkins was constantly up and down. Well, he's got all these different coordinators. Well, now we're going to have Jake Daniels go through an offensive change after one year. Mm-hmm. And yet that said, I mean, if you, if Herm Edwards and, and the people around him believe that this group is not good enough to take us where we need to be in the next two years with this guy, you make the move now. You don't wait till next year to make it. You know, I mean, if you if you don't believe in your heart that Rob Likens and the rest of these, you know, guys that were let go, but basically Rob Likens is who we're talking about, are good enough to get you to, you know, the 10-win plateau, the Pac-12 championship game, that type of thing, which I believe is the expectation for the next couple of years. You know, I mean, I think so. I mean, you know, in those next two years, you expect 
that can happen. Well, you, you would expect Utah to take a step backwards. You would. You would. And nobody else in the South feels fearsome. You know, I mean, USC, you know, they've got tons of talent, but they've had tons of talent the last few years, and they haven't backed it up with wins. Um, and the rest of the South is meh. You know, I mean, UCLA, another losing year. Arizona, another losing year. Colorado, another losing year. That's, that's you know, consecutive losing years for all three of those teams. Doesn't mean they can't get better next year, but, you know, you're not looking at those programs and thinking, oh, boy, you've got a rising power there. Um, so it, it's it's there, you know, and, and you've got this quarterback who you feel like, you know, you, you look ahead to next year's Pac-12 and Herbert's gone and Huntley's gone and you say, you know, uh, can he be the best quarterback in the conference? I, I think that's, you know, a reasonable expectation, uh, at least one of the best. And so you want to have the right coaching around him. And, you know, obviously Herm didn't feel like the coaching he had was the right coach and the right group. Yeah. Uh, a couple other little notes and things to keep in mind. Um, first, there is no decision on the bowl game yet. They could go holiday, sun, uh, all the way down to cheese it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I know both ESPN guys projected today the uh, Sun Bowl. Um, you know, it seems like, uh, again, I don't think we're going to know until, you know, we won't really have a good handle on it until we know if Utah makes the playoff or not. Because mm-hmm. um, if Utah makes the playoff, then Oregon goes to the Rose and, you know, everybody moves up a notch. If, if Oregon beats Utah, Oregon goes to the Rose. Does Utah even make the New Year's games? I don't know. Um, you know, they, they may not. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. Uh, yeah. The uh, the other thing I, I thought was just a, a mark of how these things go, I guess, in college rivalry games, but new midfield logo, of uh-huh. the silhouette of Arizona with Sparky's face over it. And during the pregame, the U of A team – and Mass walked over and started kicking up the field at midfield until a groundskeeper asked them to stop. Um, <laughs> of course, it, it seems. Class, class, class. Yeah, it, it, it seems dumb. Uh, Manny, Manny Wilkins had a tweet about it. You know, yep, I maybe saw that. Instead of doing that game plan, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I uh, now again, you know, I'll go ahead and admit my bias. Not that I have to to you, but. You know, I don't like Arizona, so I'm looking for things. But, I, you know, the amount of, of you know, yapping and gyrating from them last night, I'm thinking, you know, you're 4-7. Maybe show just a little bit of humility. I'm not, I'm not saying they need to come in and roll over and play dead and, you know, not show up. But, like, the, the, the you know, the post-touchdown, you know, Jamari Joyner holding the ball out at the photographer. Like, dude, come on, man. You're 4-7. You suck. You're on, a, you're on a bad team. Act like it. Yeah, uh, you know they they carried themselves, and I felt like we saw one late that got penalized. A number of you know cheap hits after the whistle. Um, you know, it just they just they felt like a team that was dirty. I, I that's how I felt at least. It you know it wasn't quite the uh, Michigan players trying to take off the shoe of. Dobbins, no, which but, was also Bush League. But there, you, know, um, you know, but there were a lot of things that were just childish, and, and yes. some of it goes both ways. You know, there's a oh, lot sure. of talking. Sure. I, I honestly, Eno probably should have been flagged for blocking the kid to the bench. 
Oh man, uh, uh, probably should have been flagged, but God, was that fun video? Like, you know, I could watch that over and over again. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we had you know Fields had a couple hits too that I thought, okay, those are a little bit, little bit late or whatever. Um, which Fields seems to kind of find himself in that picture a lot, and you know, maybe not just bad luck that he finds himself in that picture. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, again, late in the game and, and their, you know, their defense is, is talking and I'm like, dude, you're down 24 to seven and, and you're on your way to four and eight. Maybe just shut up. Maybe just make a tackle and then shut up. Yeah. But apparently that's too easy. Well, and it's also in game flow and you see it at all levels, but when you've got a, a bad team, and you're down. Like, I'm watching this Chiefs game, and it's halftime, and it's 21 nothing. If a Raiders player comes and makes a play, you're down three scores. Right. You just turn around and go back to the huddle, okay? Right, right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. I just felt like, I felt like they came in, I felt like it was fake tough guy stuff from them, in all honesty. Like, they came in and, you know, we're going to show you what we are, and then, you know, when the when it came time to actually be a tough guy and, you know, stop the run in the second half, they weren't interested in doing that. Yeah. Now, it did feel a little bit like, you know, our game three years ago where we couldn't stop the run in the second half, and we had some fake tough guys, and, you know, I, you know we've, we've been on that end of it um, where we did a lot of yapping and then didn't back it up, um, you know. But, yeah, it, it just it wasn't – I don't know. Yeah. That game brings out the worst in people. It really does. I mean, I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy beating them. But, it, you know, you texted me yesterday morning, and, and, you know, it wasn't exactly the words I was thinking before you sent the text, but it was similar where you said, you know, the most, the most enjoyable and most stressful day or something to that effect. And that's what that game is. It's really not that fun. It's fun when it's over, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, a couple other notes that are not related to the Territorial Cup uh, or related to ASU at all. Now, the Territorial Cup, just real quick, I want you to remind me, is it is it staying in Tempe for a third straight year? Am I right about that? It is. It, okay. it, doesn't okay, ha- cool. it, it literally doesn't have to move. It cool, gets to just cool. stay okay, in the same perfect. You mentioned spot. the Territorial Cup, and I thought, well, I wonder what that's going to be for the next year. So mm-hmm. I just thought I'd ask. No, it's a good question. Okay, cool. Um, Go ahead. LSU quarterback Joe Burrow on why he went to the student section after Saturday's win. <laughs> Quote, yeah. obviously I don't go to class because I only take online classes, so I don't Good get save. to see Good those save. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good save with the online classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I just like that. I thought that uh-huh. was great. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I thought that was funny. Yes, yes. Um, you know, did you see his uh, – his senior day where he came out in the borough E-A-U-X. That was kind of cool. I, I will admit it. that. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's got to win the Heisman, right? Well, and he's Man. having a Russell Wilson-type, you know, flirtation. Impact as a transfer. Yeah, you're, yeah. It's one year, yeah. and yeah. they'll talk about him as if he was theirs forever, and they were the oh, only yeah. ones who had any idea about him. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing the – the you know transcendence of that offense it really is i was you know i was looking kind of you know obviously most of the season is done now we got just the conference title games left and you know kind of going back and thinking you know who was i who was i on who was i not on and i i I missed on both lsu and ohio state being as good as they were and and ohio state i probably shouldn't have missed maybe you know the talent was obvious 
LSU, I, I think if you said, you know, you saw this LSU offense coming, you're a liar. Uh, I mean, you know, like no one saw this coming, that they were going to be this good and this explosive. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. But you might have picked LSU to win the SEC based on, uh, the, you know, they'll play great defense just like they always do. But, I mean, if you saw them having a Heisman winning quarterback and three great receivers and a, you know, 1500 yard running back like uh, no one no one expected that um and then the the last point i wanted to make is the pac-12 needs utah to beat oregon i I, as i sat and thought about this more Mm -hmm. i've Mm -hmm. become more and more convinced that a failure here would be terrible I mean, it would hurt. The, the, it would the hurt. door has yeah. been opened. Yes. You know, and, yes. and look, if Utah wins and they get kept out because Oklahoma vaults them right. uh, and they keep Georgia and LSU both in, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, you know. the, what the, what the Pac-12, I mean, I think the biggest rooting interest, obviously Utah plays Friday night. They need to take care of their business first. And then they need to, they need to root for LSU to beat Georgia. Uh because, you know, Georgia's not making it if they have a second loss. But LSU is making it if they lose to Georgia. I mean, I think, to me, I think LSU and Ohio State are in regardless of result this weekend. They've been so good all year that even if they lose and they're 12-1, and one, how can you argue there's four teams better than them? I, I don't think you can. Yeah. You know, and yeah, you might say the same for Clemson. You know, I mean, in all honesty, like, I know everybody's down on the ACC and deservedly, but Clemson has beaten the living hell I'll use a you know forgivable word here out of everybody they've played except one team this year I mean it's been dominance that you know they're they're outscoring teams by like 400 points like you know if they lose one game are you ready to knock them out I don't think I would if Bryce Perkins beats them though that'd be exciting it would be interesting and, and great for Bryce Perkins. Awesome that, that he let – I mean, I, I was very happy to see them win, break that streak against Vatek and get to the ACC title game. Um, we got two of our former quarterbacks playing in, you know, conference title games this week for, you know, Perkins and Brady White, and good for both of them. That's that's awesome. I, you know, I, I, uh, I'm glad to see both of them having success where they ended up. And maybe someday one of our current quarterbacks will play in a conference title game in this I'm conference. Hoping, I'm hoping we've got the guy – that can do it in the next couple of years. I, I am hopeful, but yeah, I mean, you look back and, you know, I know it's, it's funny because, you know, that the, the knock on early on with Graham was, you know, boy, uh, you know, his quarterback recruiting, we missed two years and, and, you know, gosh, you know, he never, until Wilkins started at 16, he didn't have a quarterback. He recruited start for him. Um, but all in all, you know, Wilkins was a three year starter for us and a pretty good quarterback. And he recruited Brady White, Bryce Perkins, who were both, Pretty good quarterbacks. Granted, not for ASU, but you know that's pretty good success rate with the quarterbacks he brought in. Yeah, um, I mean, it's not exactly Ohio State who had you know Burrow, Haskins, JT Barrett on the same team, uh, but it's still pretty good. Yeah, look, it's not perfect. I'm, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ohio State had you know on the Fiesta Bowl team a couple years ago, they had three quarterbacks that are going to be you know top five Heisman vote getters. One will probably win. Haskins was third, Barrett I think was fourth or fifth of his first year, so that's pretty impressive. We don't get to that level, but you know, pretty solid three quarterbacks we had. Didn't didn't quite know it at the time. Yeah. Um, 
it does look like Memphis, I believe, will be the group of five. Well, they need to win. They need to win this week. I mean, they're 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 the leader right now, but if they lose, I think they'll fall back. Yeah, but if they, they, you know, then it's either going to be Cincinnati or probably Boise from from the Mountain West. Yeah. Well, if Memphis gets in, I believe the Fiesta Bowl is one of the options this year, right? No, because the Fiesta Bowl is semifinal. Oh. So they're going. Uh, the, the group of five teams going to the Cotton Bowl. It's it's basically a lock. Cause I because I would have really the, enjoyed. Brady White, yeah, going there, yeah, and, yeah, and Mike Norvell. Yeah, true, true. I mean, I think there's a pretty. I think you know Virginia will go to the Orange Bowl probably regardless. I mean, if they win, they'll obviously go to the Orange Bowl, and if they lose, Clemson's going to go to the playoff, and the ACC has to send a second team, and it's not, I mean, not going to be anybody else but Virginia. Um, and so you know Perkins should be playing in a New Year's game, and White maybe too. That would. You know, again, both in conference title games and possibly both starting in you know New Year's Six bowl games, pretty good for them if that's how it ends up. Yeah, for sure. Um, Matt, it's been a successful regular season of ASU football. It has, it has. You know, seven and five is not what either of us dreamed of back on August 29th when the season began. Um, but you know, all in all, we it's a certainly a nice way to finish. You know, you, you finish with a win over a top 10 team and then beat in Arizona. That makes everything taste just a little bit sweeter. Uh, and I, I want to share one one last thing to, to our listeners, whoever makes it, whatever we're at, half an hour into this. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next play of any of our posts, any of our podcasts, will be the 7,000th unique play. All right, which that? is about what I think the major podcasts get in the first like three minutes of being downloaded, but still well, yeah, an accomplishment okay. for us yeah. all the same. It is, it is. Yes, we're the little engine that could here, uh, you know. But uh, but we're having fun, and you know we've uh, we've been doing this now for what at least four football seasons, ASU seasons, right? Did we yeah. start recording this in sixteen? I think so. I think so. I know it was it was at least sixteen. Uh, because this is the third football season I have not worked for the Cardinals. We've been able to talk NFL, um, and we did it at least one year when I was with the Cardinals. So, uh, yeah, we've, we've been at this for a bit, and, and it's always fun. And I mean, we've been at it for much longer than that, if we go back to before we were recording them. Um, and, yeah, another season's in the books. Uh, the next one will be right around the corner. It'll get here faster than you know. But first we got a bowl game. See, we're going to face maybe maybe Wake Forest in the Sun Bowl, maybe Michigan in the Holiday Bowl, something like that. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll put a bow on this season when that time comes. Yeah. Well, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.